There he goes. There he goes. There you go. And here you are. Welcome in to another edition of Trey and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Wednesday, September 13th, 20 and 23. Trey and I are taking you all the way until 1 o'clock before we hand things off to Chip and Zay in the very first episode of Fire the Cannon. Coming your way from 3 to 5 right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the TSU app. Trey, what's going on, brother? You got your internet back on. It's good to see you. Internet is back, BK. And I think just based on the first minute or so of you talking and you not cutting out all over the place, that we're in a better spot now in terms of the modem and Wi-Fi. All of that is now in the same room as me versus a couple rooms away. So we'll see if Spectrum has their shit together enough to help make this a reality going forward. It's been a weird 24 hours for me, BK, with regards to not only dealing with Spectrum, but also just being out and about. And it's almost like I have a target on my back of people just doing really ignorant, stupid things that impacts me and then choosing to double down on the stupidity after that, too. Okay, well, I've got some questions. First of all, I will say I was a little nervous when Hards brought you on and he asked you a question and you weren't talking or weren't saying anything, but that was a simple mute issue, so good that that's resolved. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Rectum has your internet resolved, too, because, you know, that's necessary to live in today's society, but... I need I need some details, man. I need some stories. You did text me before the show today saying that you've got some live confrontations that you needed to address during our program today. So you have the floor. What happened? I don't know if anybody else deals with this, but I feel like the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song is going off between my ears. I don't know. A good three to four hours of the day. <laughs> so it starts with me getting coffee first thing this morning after taking the kids to school. Go to get coffee just after 7 o'clock. So the coffee shop is pretty empty. And I go to this place called Redhorn that is near me in Cedar Park. Great spot for coffee. They also are a brewery, too, have really good beers. Um, But I only typically go there for the coffee. I'm more of a Whitestone Brewery guy for the other stuff. But I go in first thing this morning. I'm pretty much the only person in this place. There may have been one other patron. And so I park in a spot that is right next to the door. But there are, I don't know, 10 to 15 other open spots in this little parking lot where Redhorn is located. Well, I get out of my car, go and get my coffee. And as I'm leaving, I open the door for a gentleman who is about to go in. And he says, thank you for holding the door open. And I said, no problem. Then I turn to walk to my car 10 steps away. And I see that there is a car that is literally just idling like it's double parked in front of my car to where I can't get out of my space. Now, mind you, there are 10 open parking spots all within a couple more steps of the door from that very front space. But this guy chooses to park right in front of my car. So I turn around real quick. Hold on. Okay. So you can't back out of the spot. The only way out is to go forward and he is in front of your car. Yeah. So my, my car is parked like this. It's backed in the coffee shop is, the coffee shop is below, and he is parked like perpendicular to me, to where Got he it. is directly in front of my car. <laughs> so he's not in a parking spot. He's just in the middle blocking you. 
not in the parking spot. The parking lot isn't full. It's not even close to full. So I turn around real quick and he's already at the counter. And I said, excuse me. I said, is your the car, is your car the one that's idling out there in the middle of the parking lot? He said, yeah. I said, oh, well, you're actually parked directly in front of me and I'd like to leave. And he said, oh, okay, cool. And he turns around as if he's about to order his coffee. And I said, no, can you actually move it right now? I'm trying to leave here. And he said, oh, yeah, I didn't realize you're trying to leave right now, man. No problem. And so we turn and we start to walk. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm just in a little bit of a rush this morning. I said, okay, that's fine. But are you really saving that much time by not parking in a spot and completely screwing somebody else over in the process? And he's like, man, I'm just in a rush. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to continue this because this is somebody who has serious delusions. It's probably just a toxic person in general. And I just don't want to bring them too much into my life first thing in the morning. So I get in my car and he backs his car up to where he's essentially parked in front of a, a fire zone. But it's a better spot than being parked directly in front of other cars. And as I'm pulling out, I hear him get or he gets out of his car and I hear him go, fuck you, man. And it's like, fuck me. Fuck me for just trying to leave when you're the jackass who's deciding to double park very unnecessarily. What? Because you lead this miserable existence? You didn't say anything after that? I, dude, I didn't want to further engage this uh. person. Like, I wasn't I wasn't being aggressive. I was just asking him to do, like, a proper courteous thing by moving his GD car into a regular space versus double parking in front of the only other car in this lot. It was wild, dude. Like, I'm still, I'm telling this story right now, having a hard time believing it. But here's the thing. I've actually seen this guy. I've thought about it. I have seen this guy do this exact same thing in this parking lot before. So rather than me, like, pick a fight with this dude, because I'm sure he's going to be ready to pick a fight with me next time if he's willing to say, fuck you, to me calling him out on his bullshit, I'm going to have to say something to the Redhorn people and say, hey, can you please tell this dude to find a parking spot and not double park in front of people just because he's coming in for a quick cup of coffee? Like, you want to talk to the manager, Karen? Come on, Karen. Dude, I don't want to get into a fight with this guy. And if he gets into a physical altercation with me, one, I will kick his fucking ass. But two, I don't care to do that. I'm not trying to fight people right now. Just have an ounce of common sense when you're conducting your business and don't completely screw other people over in the process. How about uh, you take a knife to one of his tires next time he does something like this? Well, I guess then you're really blocked in. Hold on. Make sure he's not parked in front of you when you do that so you can get out. But how about something like that? That sends a message right there. If his car is idling, it's probably unlocked because it's a hoopty. If I'm being completely honest, it's a piece of shit car. So clearly, like, he doesn't care about the car. I may just get in the car and move it. That may be my my next step here. And when he gets upset about it, it can be like, okay, let's go have a conversation in Redhorn and see how the Redhorn folks feel about it. Mm. Like, you think your business is that worth it for them for you to act like a complete asshole here? You should just put his car in neutral and see where it goes. God's plan. We'll let the Lord decide what happens to this jabroni. See where the wind takes it, huh? Man, I, I'm i a little surprised. You've changed. I can't believe you didn't respond to the F.U. from him. I figured for sure you would have gotten right out of your car and been like, oh, F me? F.U. I've got shit to do, dude. And like I said, <laughs> I'm not looking to get into fisticuffs. Oh. There was a point in my life, not that I've ever been a big one looks to fight guy. 
but I would be more willing to, I guess, stand my ground there or continue to let things escalate. But at this point, I'm all about just letting it roll off my shoulders if I can and moving on. Like, I know that when I go back to this coffee shop, inevitably I will see him at some point because my guess is that he goes there in the morning to get coffee, which is why I've seen him there before. But I'm just going to be ready to have a calm conversation with somebody who has a hard time with basic rational thought and logic. God, that is something else, dude. I love how he thinks he's the only person in a hurry when they're getting coffee in the morning, as if like nobody else has anything else to do for the rest of their day. Everyone's just going to get coffee and hang out for an hour and a half because he's the only person in the world who has stuff he's got to take care of. That's... That's as selfish as it gets, dude. F that guy. Well, his excuse is complete horseshit anyhow, because it's like, what, you're saving yourself five to ten seconds maybe by not parking in a spot? Yeah, or just like pull into six. If you don't want to turn, just pull into like three spots, and then boom, you're not blocking anybody else, and you still don't have to worry about turning the wheel, because apparently that's a huge issue for this guy. He could have done that. He literally could have pulled into three or four spots, no problem, but instead... Uh. He has to be the, gosh, we need to find a sponsor for this. The soon-to-be-sponsored colossal piece of shit of the day, as recognized (laughs) by me. Uh, I love it. Someone on the text line is calling you a hipster for buying coffee at a shop instead of making it your own. uh, Making your own. Is that a hipster thing? Um, I mean, hipsters definitely work at coffee shops. I don't know. I think there's people of all ilks who, of all ilk who go-to coffee shops. Coffee is one of the longest used drugs in human history. Like people have been enjoying coffee for tens of thousands of years now. I believe the Egyptians were figuring out ways to brew coffee way back in ye old ancient times, BK. Okay. How are you fact-checking this? Um, you know, I in, in theory, I probably have Googled it in the past, or maybe I heard somebody talking about that, or maybe my one of my kids mentioned it as a factoid that they heard it at uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan Patrick Elementary School. Excuse me, that's it, it's Rick Perry, former Governor Rick Perry mm. Elementary School here in Cedar Park. Yeah, I heard uh, the first use of coffee was actually taken by Aaron Burr before his duel against Alexander Hamilton back in the day. That's See, I don't why Burr was able to win that one. I, I think he won that. I actually have no idea who won that. <laughs> God damn it, you just confused me now. Uh, I'm just going to accept that as the reality. Yes, thank you for sharing another important piece of information with us. Yes, that's what we do on this show. Oh, man. All right, before we shift gears and get into some updated Heisman odds and some updated national championship odds, some love to some of our sponsors. Hey, how about this recorded spot from our friend, Tom McKay and his daughter, the kid McKay, from Audiovisual Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Oh man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best 
best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. There you go. Thanks to AV Consultations for their great partnership with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And also shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery, my choice of beer for football season here in Central Texas. It was my choice of beer for football season when I was living in Houston. It's all over Houston. It's all over the Metroplex. It's all over Central Texas. This stuff is growing like crazy and with damn good reason. It is a damn good beer get your hands on some old stat beer if you haven't yet if you've already tried it you know exactly what i'm talking about this stuff is liquid gold going to hang out with some of the old stat guys tomorrow afternoon working on maybe some remote broadcasts moving forward for texas sports unfiltered so definitely be on the listen out for that but shout out to our friends at the old stat brewery it's old stat beer no impurities no regrets trey any other uh life confrontations you have today or uh we moving on to some Vegas eyes for college football. I don't want to let the non-sports stuff for, to drag on for too long at the start of a show, BK. So instead, I will talk about confrontation number two with where we at in society today. And it involves a profession that I am beginning to understand is as authentic as your average weather person, for which Bucky Godbolt now finds himself. This guy <laughs> has a lot of nerve, dude, saying that it was going to rain on Sunday or Monday all last week. That doesn't happen. And all of a sudden this morning, after it does sprinkle, yes, it did spit on us just a little bit this morning, and apparently overnight, too, because the rains were, or the streets, rather, were pretty wet here in Cedar Park. He has the nerve to say that he called rain today within the last couple of days i'm calling mularkey here and he is now officially in the category of weather guesser who is writing the coattails of the things that actually happen and making claims that he predicted this to begin with <laughs> oh that's coming up at twelve fifty. and where are we at in society today yeah the buck is asking for people to praise him for the rain that dropped across central Texas overnight. He he thinks he deserves the credit for that happening. He said that he called Thursday, but whenever he calls a day, he's given 24 hours each way to be proven right. He didn't even call Thursday. That dude didn't know what <laughs> Thursday was last Thursday, so he doesn't get to call Thursday. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep, with the, uh, the transgender amnesia he is dealing with. Oh, that'll be fun. All right, let's uh, let's get into these Vegas odds for Longhorn football. We'll start with the individual award, and then we'll get to uh, the team stuff. How about this? Updated Heisman Trophy odds following the second week of the college football season. The favorite? Well, it's the guy who was the favorite going into the season and the guy who won the award last year, Caleb Williams. He's awesome. Like, all of the hype, all of the buzz that we heard about Caleb Williams all offseason long, both in college and from NFL people, uh, it's legit. This dude is worth it. He has lived up to it. He has been spectacular through three weeks. They've played three games, right? Texas, most people have played two, but obviously USC was one of those teams that uh, opened up in week zero. 
Caleb Williams putting up ridiculous numbers again here in 2023. Number two, right behind Caleb Williams, Jordan Travis, quarterback at Florida State. Obviously a big-time win for the Knowles against the LSU Tigers in that standalone game on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend. He backed it up with another solid performance there. Jordan Thomas, uh, Jordan Travis excuse me, is number two. And then number three, the third best odds currently in Vegas to win the most prestigious individual award in college football, Quinn freaking Ewers, who was 18-1 to last week after the Rice game. He jumped all the way up to 8-1, to which once again has him third behind only Caleb Williams and Jordan Travis. Trey, does that feel accurate with what we've seen from Quinn thus far? Considering the game that he had at Alabama and leading the Longhorns to a double-digit victory in Tuscaloosa, something that hasn't happened in nearly 20 years since before Nick Saban was there, absolutely. I can see the justification for Quinn Ewers as having the third-best Heisman odds. I would maybe even give him second-best right now, BK, but I'm not going to be bothered by the fact that he's one spot lower. The big thing for Quinn now is showing this level of consistency when we're talking about games that aren't on the biggest stage under the brightest lights. He has played his best games now at Alabama, that bowl game against a good Washington team. It's maybe one of the better non-New Year's six-day matchups of bowl season. And then also Oklahoma last year, and then the very first time around against Alabama before he got hurt. So that's great, and you want to do who is most clutch in situations like that. But we need to see that carry over to Wyoming this weekend, and then to Baylor after that, and hopefully Kansas after that, and then on to Oklahoma and through the rest of the schedule too. Agreed, 100%, 100%. Like Quinn Ewers was awesome against Alabama last year. The problem for Texas was he only got to play for a quarter. Uh, He got to play for all four quarters this year and was spectacular against the Crimson Tide. And like you said, he helped Texas do something that hadn't been done in that building in decades, plural. So yeah, he uh, deserves to be in this conversation right now. But also, look, the Heisman's not an individual week award. It's what you do over the course of an entire 12-game season uh, if Quinn Ewers is able to build on that performance in Tuscaloosa, then yeah, he's got a very, very good shot to, at minimum, be in New York at the end of the year. And he had a better week than Jordan Travis. Like, Florida State coasted to a 66-13 win over Southern Miss. And Travis only threw for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Like, uh, they brought in the backup early. It's not like Travis played bad. They just were routing Southern Miss to the point where Travis didn't have to play all that much but obviously yours you look at what he was able to do regardless of opponent but when you take opponent into consideration that stat line 24 uh, four, uh 38 for 349 and three touchdowns no turnovers as well uh yeah he uh he could be number two if you really wanted him to and you could argue that what he did was the best individual game performance we've seen from a quarterback thus far this season Yeah, I think you can make a great argument for that. Out of curiosity, where did did Michigan QB Cade McNamara end up on the Heisman odds, BK? Talking about J.J. McCarthy? Oh, wait a second. No, who is Cade McNamara? Cade McNamara is for, oh my goodness, I've screwed this up majorly now. McNamara Uh, used to be at Michigan is now the Iowa starting quarterback. That did seem strange coming out of my mouth, as did that. But uh, Cade McNamara, I'm guessing not anywhere on the Heisman odds. Maybe he should be, though, 
based on the press conference that he gave, I believe this was yesterday. Did you have you seen the audio and video of this just yet? I have not. Jeez, JJ McCarthy, what a what a bad. What a oh wait, we actually have this. I think Harge may have played this uh, during his show earlier today. I I just loaded it in. Yeah, oh, so you did. You want to go ahead and click, click play here? Yeah. You may have a new midday with Trey and BK favorite quarterback in college football other than Quinn Ewers for at least a week. You know, our level of communication up front and me with me, the backs, and, you know, really everyone just being on the same page because we know these guys are going to come uh, a lot. I mean, there's... <laughs> that was... That was <laughs> but, um, I mean, we have to be on key with our hots. We got to be on key with our protection. So... Um, <laughs> Damn it! I was not expecting that, but yeah, we'll, we'll be. <laughs> oh man, Cade McNamara with the <laughs> Freudian Freudian excuse me slip. Perhaps we understand why, because uh, he used to be at Michigan, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, now we maybe understand why things didn't work out more for him with the Wolverines. Perhaps a little bit distracted by. The faux pas there. Mm, yeah. They're going to come a lot. It's, uh, yeah, Iowa State didn't do that. They, they couldn't beat Iowa. They're awful right now. I think I'd bet on Lake Travis to beat Iowa State right now. And boy, if we lose to them in November, this audio is going to come back to bite me for sure. We are not losing to Iowa State in November. Most years, I do not feel good about saying that. Iowa State is terrible this year they're decent defensively they are so bad on offense though yeah well to answer your question Cade McNamara is nowhere close to the uh Vegas Heisman odds list he's probably in the field category uh, because no Iowa quarterback as long as Kirk Ferentz is the head coach is going to even be in the discussion for the Heisman trophy uh, I will give the rest of the top five JJ McCarthy is number five Okay. And Michael Penix Jr., you brought up the uh, Alamo Bowl last year. Of course, Washington over Texas. Penix played a great game in that one. Uh, he's off to a great start this year for the Huskies, who are really freaking good. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about Washington right now. We talked about it on Monday. The Pac-12's got eight teams ranked in the top 25. UW is one of them. They've got a damn good shot to win that conference this year, and they should be viewed as a CFP threat this season. Completely agreed with that. Michael Penix has been doing it going back to his time at Indiana. He suffered an injury that second year after his coming out party and unfortunately was never able to get things back on track in Bloomington. But I'm glad to see him revive his college career at Washington. He was good last year and he's been even better this year so far. He is one of the uh, one of the more fun players to watch in the sport right now. Agreed. So there, those are your top five. Heisman odds right now. Caleb Williams, one. Jordan Travis, two. Quinn Ewers, three. Michael Penix Jr., four. J.J. McCarthy, number five. Uh, the non-quarterback with the best odds is Marvin Harrison Jr. at 22 to one. He's got the ninth best odds in college football. Travis Hunter tied for the 10th best odds in college football. Both of those guys, obviously, really, really good players. And, you know, Travis Hunter, one of the biggest stories. He might not win the Heisman because it feels like that's a quarterback award nowadays, but uh, that guy keeps doing what he's done over the first couple of games, then uh, people are going to continue to talk about him, and rightfully so. I saw the Shohei Otani of college football label a little bit earlier today. And look, I mean, I guess it fits because he is 
uh, a two-way guy, and he's really good going in both directions, but maybe uh, not to Shohei Otane level just, just yet. Uh, he goes in both directions, huh? Swings both ways, is that what you're saying? Plays for both teams, if you catch my drift. How do you know that? Well, he plays for the offensive team and the defensive team. That's the same team, though. I think you're talking about something different. What, did, did Brett McMurphy tweet something out about Travis Hunter's orientation? Well, apparently during fall practice, BK, when offense is going against defense, Travis Hunter would play with himself and he would play against himself on each side of the ball, too. There's only one of him, though. He can't be on both teams in that case. Yeah, you may be right about that. I don't I don't know if he's playing with himself either. I feel like I've watched both Colorado games and I, I did not see that i don't think i was looking for that so maybe that's my bad but I, I i did not see that happen either like that would have made the rounds on x maybe a couple of different x's if uh if that was actually going on on the sideline is this quarterback ahead of him in terms of heisman odds yes shador sanders is number six right behind jj mccarthy after a couple of weeks college football all right, what about national championship odds, Trey? Let's go from the individual stuff to the team stuff. Um, care to guess who the biggest favorite to win it all is right now? Michigan. Care to guess again? Georgia. There you go. You're, you're performing a bit, right, by picking not Georgia? Nah, no, but <laughs> I'm clearly not on top of the sports today with my Cade McNamara mistake from a few minutes ago. Oh, man. Well, that one's forgivable because, you know, no one cares about Iowa quarterbacks. But, uh, no, Georgia the favorite. Michigan is number two, so you're not you're not too far off. Florida State, number three. And, I mean, this basically follows the AP poll. Texas, right now, the fourth best odds to win the national championship, just slightly ahead of Ohio State, who is fifth. This kosher? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you could make the argument that Texas has better national championship odds than Florida State right now because they have the bigger early season win. But just like with the AP poll that we talked about a couple of days ago, ultimately it doesn't matter that much. If you're the Longhorns, you keep taking care of your business, eventually those odds will get closer and closer to even. And if enough teams lose in front of you, you'll eventually find yourself with the best odds, which is just more rat poison to potentially consume. Oh, yeah. I saw you tweet out about rat poison earlier. Texas football posted a really badass mini movie from Texas's upset victory over Alabama on Saturday night. It's almost four minutes long. I wish we could play it here, but copyright sucks and YouTube. I shouldn't say YouTube sucks. They're going to take this video and the whole channel down. So... We love you, YouTube overlords, uh, but we're worried about uh, copyright with them. But I encourage you to check it out. But yeah, Trey, it's uh, it's the ultimate rap poison, man. It's Wednesday, but Texas fans and even the Texas social media team still riding high from what happened last Saturday. Yeah, that video is freaking awesome. It's why I retweeted it with the words fucking rap poison, glorious, glorious rap poison. Because that got me hyped once again. I mean, I was feeling like it was Saturday night at about 9.45 going through that video one more time. So kudos to the Longhorn football social media team and videographers and everybody else involved with that one. Y'all hit a home run there. Yeah, like um, I was at 7-Eleven earlier today 
I was looking for some rat poison, man. I was seeing if they had that flavor of Slurpee because I'm trying to drink it. Like, I'm, I'm all in on this rat poison. I can't stop. I'm feeding all right. for it, man. So you're giving yourself uh, a burn orange Kool-Aid bath these days like I have been for a couple weeks now. Just pour it all over your face, you know, get it all over your body. Yeah, I now think they'll go 10-2 and two instead of 9-3. and three. It's one of the games I thought they would lose. It was the game in Tuscaloosa. They won that one. So that means 10-2. and two. What are the two losses again? I, I don't know. Uh, Kansas State, before the season, I said Kansas State and TCU. I don't know if TCU is a loss now because of uh, what their defense looks like this season. But that, that was what I said when we made our preseason picks for this team and we kind of played the win-win-loss-win game that every fan plays for their respective team before the season starts. I had Bama, I had K-State, and I had the Horny Toads. You know, watching Kansas State a little bit now, I'm less worried about that game. I already wasn't to begin with because Kansas State does typically struggle here in Austin. They're really small on that defensive line right now. So I feel like for them to win that game in November, it's going to require them to get into a shootout with Texas. And I I don't think that they have the skill guys to hang for all four quarters if that turns out to be the case. Mm. Yeah, look, Texas is better. I won't argue against it. Obviously, having the game here in Austin would be advantage Texas, and the Longhorns have beaten K-State six years in a row, right? We could never beat K-State, and now we'd never lose to K-State. So uh, Texas will be favored in that one, and you're right. They've got better talent than uh, the Purple Cats do, but I don't know. There's there's a slip-up game, right? There's a slip-up game. I hope it's just one. They can afford one. They can lose a game and still make it to the playoff. Matter of fact, if they lose a game and win the Big 12 – they're going to make the playoff. I said it before the season started, and I'll say it now, especially because they have an at-Alabama win on the resume. They're getting in if they just have one slip-up. The hope is, obviously, you want them to go undefeated. That goes without saying. But the hope is they only need one mulligan because you don't get a second mulligan in college football. It's obvious. I know people have tried to make the case for Alabama with two losses in years past, including last year. Uh, same thing with Ohio State, and I'm sure people will be doing that with Texas if that's what happens this year. But in the four-team playoff, this is obviously the last year we have to deal with this, but in the four-team playoff, there has never been a two-loss team make it. That's not going to change this year. There are too many good teams for that to happen. So one mulligan, that is it. Um, but it'd be really nice if they had none because we expect them to be favored in all of their remaining games. Yes, we do. Ohio State's fifth, USC, Penn State, Alabama, Notre Dame, LSU. Those are your... Uh, you're rounding out of the top 10 for Vegas odds right now to win the CFP National Championship this year. Wow, LSU ahead of Washington, huh? Just barely. LSU is at 33 to 1. Washington is at 40 to 1. Hmm. So, yeah, even uh, Alabama and LSU with their one loss uh, ahead of a number of different teams, including Oregon, Washington, Oklahoma, Tennessee. How about Colorado, who was 100 to 1 when the season started? They weren't even on the board in January. Now they are uh, 66 to 1, which isn't a huge, huge improvement, but they're in the top 15 to 20 in terms of uh, teams with the best odds to win the CFP National Championship this year. So, what a start for Deion Sanders. That's obviously been the story in college football going on. All right. What else you got? 
I was just going to say, if you are betting on Colorado to win the national championship, it's cute. You're pissing your money away. It's cute, but I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation two weeks in the season. Dion having early success in the sport is great for the sport because it gives us one more thing to talk about. Oh, but they're at least a couple of years away, right, from competing along those lines, as fun of a story as this has been up to this point. Yeah. Look, congratulations to you if you have an over three and a half win ticket for the Colorado Buffaloes this year. Like that, they should already be cashing those in Vegas right now. But yeah, if you've got a ticket for Colorado to win the national championship, that's a waste of time. If you want to make that bet, I will take that bet. You don't have to go to Vegas. You don't have to call anybody else. Just let me know, and I will uh, I will take your money. I mean, your bet for Colorado to uh, to win the national championship this year. It ain't happening. I like how it's your cousin who places all the bets, but you're willing to go literal bookie on these airwaves. That's <laughs> That is a special brand of D-Gen, my friend. That's legal, right? You can take bets in Texas. You just can't make bets in Texas? Sure. Yeah, who knows? Who Was knows? it Aaron Burr that said that one, too? No, that would have been um, John Quincy <laughs> Adams, I believe, who, uh, who hit us with that nugget back in the late 18th century. Yeah, don't forget about that guy right there. Everyone talks about John Adams, but JQA, not that bad he was the junior before junior they added a quincy as your middle name if uh, if you were somebody's son i think that's how it went in the olden times all right before we shift gears and get to uh, some nfl stuff as uh the nfl players association is calling for change following what happened to aaron Rodgers on monday night some more shout outs to a few more sponsors trey how about our friends at relax the back that's right. Relaxtheback.com. That is the website that you should go to, not only to find the nearest Relax the Back location to you here in Austin and greater central Texas, but also to see all the different types of things they will carry in that store. I'm just going to encourage you to find the location, though, and go into Relax the Back because they have great employees who know what they're talking about. They would love to lead you in the right direction, whether you're looking for that comfortable office chair like what I'm sitting in right now, or maybe you're like me and you're in the market for a stand-up desk too. Relax the back and help out with that and so much more. That includes all those great massage tools of which I have been purchasing from Relax the Back going back 10 to 15 years now. I have been a customer that entire time and will continue to do so because I value what the Relax the Back location nearest me does and helping me to keep my body feeling good. Find out for yourself. Go to relaxtheback.com. Absolutely. By the way, we have a text line, 512-222-9328. We've got hundreds of people tuning in on the app right now. If you want to get involved with the show, you can do that, 512-222-9328. Feel free to save that number in your phone so uh, you don't have to memorize it moving forward. Shout out to Relax the Back, and shout out, of course, to our great friends, over at Covert Bee Cave. This Friday, another Friday luncheon leading up to a Texas Longhorn football game. We will be out at Covert Bee Cave starting at 11.30. Lunch will be provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's Barbecue and Verde's Mexican Perea. And joining Texas Sports Unfiltered will be legendary, lifetime Longhorn, and national champion, Casey Studdard. That's right. One of our favorites, the guy who really embodies the unfiltered part of Texas Sports Unfiltered. 
He's going to be joining us this Friday at Covert Bee Cave. Casey will be there taking your questions, talking plenty of Texas football, signing autographs, taking pictures. It'll be a lot of fun. So 11.30 till about 12.30, 12.45. We ended up rolling till 1 o'clock with Michael Griffin last week. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Shout out to everybody who came by. And hey, if you missed last week, don't miss this week. Friday, 11.30 at Covert Bee Cave. And you get to see their great dealerships as well seven dealerships on those 42 acres of beautiful central texas hill country you're going to see a ton of nice cars out there as well that you could uh, look into buying but come hang out with us this friday 11 30 covert bee cave trey obviously the the big storyline from week one of the nfl season happened on monday night football with aaron Rodgers, the future hall of famer the four-time mvp the biggest off-season acquisition in the league this year Going down to a torn Achilles, we found out yesterday that, yeah, it in fact was a torn Achilles, and Aaron Rodgers is done for the remainder of the 2023 season. MetLife Stadium, home of the Jets, home of the Giants, that uh, has been a problem place for a lot of NFL teams in years past. It does feel like more people get hurt there than just about any other stadium, maybe outside of Washington, D.C., in the National Football League. And the NFLPA is calling for some change. The new executive director has asked the league to change all of its field surfaces to natural grass in wake of the Aaron Rodgers season-ending injury. Uh, MetLife Stadium actually installed a new field surface this year. It's called Field Turf. It's uh, kind of a newer version of turf, but uh, it didn't work because the most important football person in that city is out for the year in part because the field wasn't great. So uh, the NFLPA trying to make some changes. Golly, Trey, it feels like every other year it's like, oh, we need turf. And then, oh, we need grass. And this one's better. That one's better. Kind of feels like now grass is the move. And obviously the NFLPA is hoping that uh, the league makes sure that everybody has grass fields moving forward. Thanks for the empty rhetoric, NFLPA. Hey, if you really give a shit about your players, why don't you fight a little bit harder for guaranteed contracts next time you have a new collective bargaining agreement to come to a consensus on? Well, you don't think they're trying? I mean, if they if they did that, if the NFL owners conceded that, they'd be playing 30 games a season. <laughs> Maybe, but the NFLPA could put its foot down on that one as well. But they do take care of the guys at the bottom a little bit more by conceding the whole guaranteed contract thing. Look, grass is the best option. It's funny how with each iteration of artificial turf, we keep getting told, oh, this is better for the legs. This is better for the knees. This is better for the joints. Yeah, better for the joints. But ultimately, it's still not as good as natural grass, and it comes with its own set of pitfalls. You know, it's interesting. I understand that MetLife has that reputation. That turf has that reputation. I didn't really look as the at the Rodgers injury as a result of that turf as much as I did him just getting his leg pulled in a certain direction while his foot was planted on the ground. Now, I guess you could make the argument that the foot was stuck in place because of the turf. It didn't really look like that to me, though. Regardless, any stadium wants to make that change, starting with, oh, I don't know. I'm going to forget about the NFL for a second, BK, and go dish Falk Field. I would be all for that for the sake of the players, for the sake of the fans, and for the sake of the game itself. What about DKR, right? That's been a hot-button issue for Texas football fans for a number of years, right? I want it for more for Dish than even DKR. 
That's like the dish. That's how badly that baseball program needs grass. It is an embarrassment that you have gone so long with turf all over Dish Falk Field, including the supposed dirt around the bases. Yeah, I'm with you on the joints, by the way. I don't like smoking turf. I usually prefer smoking grass out of my joints, so I do think that's a much better experience for uh, for everybody involved. So thank you for looking out for me on that one. Well, it's what I do. Good thing I was talking about a different sort of joint, too. But, yeah, we can discuss other, other joints. What do you, what do you mean, uh, uh, joints? I'm just going to stop talking now because all that's going to do is get me in more trouble, BK. Mm. Yeah, here's the quote from the uh, NFLPA Executive Director Lloyd Howell. Quote, moving all stadium fields to high-quality natural grass surfaces is the easiest decision the NFL can make. The players overwhelmingly prefer it, and the data is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial turf. It's an issue that has been near the top of the players' list during my team visits, and one that I have raised with the NFL. End quote. They can't do it midseason. You know, I, I, it is interesting to me that, like, what was the Super Bowl played on in Arizona? Wasn't that grass? It was grass. They just kept rolling it in and out to give it sunlight and to give it what? Like, that, I'm not making this up, dude. Forget every other year. It's every other month. People are like, grass is better. Turf is better. Like, we, we got we to gotta figure this out. I guarantee you there's going to be an incident that happens on natural grass within the next few months where people are like, that's why we should be playing on turf. Like, I just, I don't know what to believe, who to believe, whatever. Wait, are people actually making the argument that artificial turf is better than grass? Dude, after the Super Bowl, people are like, what the hell is going on? Just play this on turf so you don't have to worry about the grass. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Remember everybody grass, was slipping? Yeah, it was, it was a disaster. Yeah, it was loose and slippery. That's a maintenance problem more than it is the grass itself problem. It would be my guess here. I don't know for sure, although I do vaguely recall the uproar. And by the way, it was a justified uproar, too, after that game because the field conditions were just not very good. So that's the additional problem, I guess, with that natural surface is it does take an extra level of upkeep. And if you're not willing to do that, then, yeah, I guess you do need to stick with artificial. But considering that that stadium in Arizona, I mean, I remember when that stadium was first built, them highlighting how that grass completely rolls out into the outside to allow it to get the 30 to 45 minutes an hour, whatever the amount of sunlight that it needs to get every day to remain healthy is. Maybe that system's been a little bit broken. And so they're having to rely a little more on infrared or other sorts of lights within the stadium itself. Yeah. What do you think about the uh, NFLPA executive chairman saying that's the easiest decision the NFL could make? I don't know if that'd be at the very top of my list of changes I would like to see in the NFL. Yeah, it's that level of histrionics that makes you realize that it is a whole lot of empty rhetoric out of the NFLPA. Like they're trying to make it look like they're sticking up for the players, but the reality is, is that they're not going to push hard or encourage some sort of labor stoppage as a result of guys having to play on an artificial surface versus a grass surface. Yeah. Glad you brought up the Super Bowl, by the way. Don't forget that the Eagles would have won that game by 40 points if uh, the field was better because only they were dealing with the field conditions. The Chiefs were actually playing on a, a different surface, so they didn't have any problems. The Eagles... They, uh, they, they would have won by a lot. So just ask any Eagles fan. They will, uh, they will let you know that that is the only reason they lost that game. Most rational fan base in all of sports, right, BK? Them and Texas Tech. <laughs> Them and Texas Tech. 
Trey, I got to ask you before we get to where we at in society here in a few minutes. Are you watching the Texas Rangers again? I'm keeping an eye on box scores. I just can't help myself. I'm a glutton for punishment, but something seems to be moving there, BK. Something seems to be moving, and that is the Texas Rangers doing a better job as a pitching staff. How can you see what's also happening the in my pants too. right now? What do you? What do you? Already win the first two games in Toronto in a pivotal series involving a Blue Jays team that is right there in the playoff hunt, too. Yeah, how about that? Huge win for the Rangers yesterday because them beating the Blue Jays and taking these first two games of this series means the Rangers now own the tiebreaker over the Jays, regardless of what happens over the next two days. So uh, those two teams obviously fighting for playoff positioning right now in the American League. It did suck to see Max Scherzer leave yesterday's game early. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, the Rangers, who I left for dead, you left for dead. I think everybody left for dead. They won four in a row, and if the season ended today, they'd be in a playoff spot, and they're only one game back of the Astros, who can't break, uh, can't beat the freaking A's right now. How about the huh. A's going into Houston and taking the series against the Strohs? They've got a chance to pull off the sweep tonight at Minute Maid Park. You know, the Astros, who were awesome, they're a 500 baseball team at home this year. They're 18 games over on the road. They are 500 at Minute Maid Park, which has been a house of horrors for everybody not named the Astros over the last six or seven years. This year, it's been the opposite. The Astros just can't win in their ballpark. And, you know, they obviously want to win the division because that probably comes with a first-round buy. But shoot, part of me is like, God, would it be better if the Astros are like the sixth seed and just have to play a million games on the road in these playoffs this year? Yeah, maybe so. But as far as the Rangers are concerned, dude, like they make it in, then all of a sudden, even though they limped through much of August and into September, considering some of the experience they have on this pitching staff, like, look, the Bullpen is going to remain a huge liability, unfortunately. But with as good as this roster is, and them having a, a group of veteran starters who seem to be able to get it done, you're going to have to uh, to pay attention to what Texas is able to do. And obviously, I've got an added interest this year with the, uh, the, the bet that I had you place in Vegas a couple of months ago. But... You know, the first goal is to get in. If you get in, then anything can happen in sports. Nah, we know what happens to the Rangers, though. Anything can happen for teams that aren't cursed like the Rangers are. But we, we know how this thing ends for the Rangers, right? Will you let a girl dream, please? <laughs> oh, you've changed your identity. I'm suffering from transgender amnesia right now, apparently. Oh, man. I saw the joke on the Internet yesterday that, Josh Allen must be a they them because he certainly is not him. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. Well done there. Well done, Internet. And well done to she, her, Trey Elling. Appreciate that. Hey, before we get to where we added society today, uh, some love to a few more of our great sponsors. Shout out to SyntexTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to this Saturday's Texas-Wyoming game, just pull out your phone, open up your computer, Open up SyntexTickets.com. It's that simple. They've got them for you right there on site all of the time. Their tickets are 100% guaranteed. They've got you for not only this weekend's game, but every Texas game and every college football, NFL, MLB, whatever game, whatever team you want to see, they've got those tickets on site at SyntexTickets.com. Many thanks to them and many thanks to Ali Pop. Love these guys. 
a great tasting soda that is actually good for you. Yes, that is possible. I didn't think it could happen, but the folks at Olipop have found a way to make it happen. Classic soda flavors like cola, root beer, lemon lime, and Dr. Goodwin, which is like Dr. Pepper, plus grape, cherry cola, cream soda, tons of other unique flavors as well. They've got a ginger ale that people love. This stuff is spectacular. Olipop tastes just like the soda you grew up sipping, but with health benefits as well. There's nine grams of fiber in every can for digestive health support. Very few sugars, very few calories. I'm telling you, this stuff is built different, as the kids say. There's science behind it. I don't do science. I'm not sure I believe in science, but they've got things figured out at Olipop. Get you some at HEB, Target, Costco, Whole Foods, Walmart, wherever you get your groceries. Make sure you find some Olipop. Trey, you teased it earlier. You've got another life confrontation you need to talk about, and we will do that as a part of our final segment on today's midday program. Where are we at in society today? That's right, BK. It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism and has us all saying to ourselves, hey, Maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Perhaps all is not lost. But sadly, today is not that day. As a matter of fact, I don't know what has been in the water or the air recently, BK, but I feel like people in general have been extra recently, as the kids like to say. Extra what? I don't know. Extra asshole? is my guess because people just can't help themselves. It's like they're everybody's trying to get one over on everybody else. And I'm getting sick and tired of experiencing this in pretty much all walks of life. Like we've discussed how Spectrum and ESPN have had their thing over the last couple of weeks, thankfully resolved before Monday Night Football. But it's like, who's going to sympathize with either of those organizations right now? It's like everybody is taking on that sort of corporate squeeze what you can out of the other person mentality And just let that be that. And the example that I have from today, well, I already shared another example that is just somebody being a complete jackass. But the example I have today of being the customer at a business and getting treated like, I don't know if uh, I'm an idiot is the right way, or maybe it's looked at as a hipster or a Karen or something completely different. But I had to take my dog, Charlie, into a vet today, a vet that specializes in surgery And even more so specializes in ACL repair surgery because our idiot, annoying dog, Charlie, tore his ACL. So we're about to have to pay thousands of dollars to get this leg fixed. Well, go ahead. I didn't even know dogs had ACLs. Yeah, not only do dogs have ACLs, labs tend to deal with a lot of ACL injuries and also hip dysplasia injuries too. Shepherds also have a high frequency of hip dysplasia injuries but Charlie tore his ACL a couple weeks ago, so we're, we've given it time to see if it might heal on its own if it's not an ACL injury. But sure enough, it is. We hear this regular clicking when he's walking around using the back leg. And so I take him into the surgeon's office today for a consultation and to find out what our options are. And while the experience was, I guess, okay in a sense, it was also demeaning in terms of the doctor, the vet, coming into me and talking to me and basically trying to upsell me on this surgery and pinning all sorts of add-ons to what the ultimate cost is going to end up being without understanding 
that I am the official doctor of Texas Sports Unfiltered. <laughs> and much of what I know about humans also translates to the candid world as well. So I was asking him relevant questions and kind of catching him in his bullshit throughout this 20 to 30 minute conversation. And unfortunately, a part of this conversation, BK, had to do with him trying to peddle all sorts of medications on me to give the dog pain medication, anxiety medication, this medication, that medication. And I've been dealing with this BS for a couple of weeks now, actually a couple of months because our dogs have had skin issues this summer, which is probably the result of maybe some allergies, but also how hot it is outside. So I'm reluctant to pay more for medicines than I have to because they find a lot of different ways to gouge you price-wise when you're talking about going to a vet, which at this point may be on par with used car salesmen. The biggest, in my opinion, is the medicines, which oftentimes end up in the hundreds of dollars range. So at one point, this guy is telling me he's going to give me all these meds. And I'm like, hold on. You're saying that I need to give these these meds to my dog the night before the surgery, the morning of the surgery. Give me that many pills. That's how many pills I need. If it's two pills, I just want two pills. I'm not paying for 100 pills here because 98 of those pills are inevitably going to end up going to waste. And so he argued with me about it and said these pills can be for future use as well. Of course they can. But ultimately, a number of those pills are going to be wasted. I just want the number of pills that we need to make this surgery happen to where you guys feel comfortable. So... We go through that back and forth, ultimately come to the conclusion that we're probably going to do surgery through this group. He tried to upsell me on a uh, cartilage clean out, a scope of his meniscus, which supposedly would help, even though it's going to cause arthritis much quicker. And so finally, uh, we part ways. I go to the front desk to check out and they try and bring me 100 pills in this container. And I said, no, I told him I don't want 100 pills. I only want the six total pills that I have to give this dog the night before in the morning of the surgery. So at this point, the unfortunate physician's assistant has to go back and count out these pills. Maybe I'm being a little bit of an asshole, but I don't want to pay too much money for these pills. Meanwhile, the very clear cat lady at the front desk who was already flippant about just about everything up to this point is giving me a very passive attitude about things and giving up and bristling and making these not so subtle reactions to me insisting that I don't need all of this medicine. And so once again, just like with this jackass at the coffee place earlier, I choose not to engage. I choose not to say something but rather try and kill her with kindness, BK, until she gives me one more bit of attitude based on her computer all of a sudden working again. I laugh in her face, and I said, oh, I'm glad your computer's working again. And she looks at me. She gets wide-eyed. I'm like, don't worry, lady. I'm not going to go after any of your five cats. <laughs> Just give me my bill. Charge me the hundred-some-odd dollars and let me leave here. You said that? I didn't say that. I was thinking it, though. I, I was still playing peacemaker. Even though I laughed in her face, I wasn't going to escalate things. But I was going to let her know that if somebody needed to be in control of this situation, it was going to be me, cat lady. It's mm. not going to be you. You should have told her two things. Number one, I'm a doctor, so I know more than you, assistant. And number two, I don't even like this damn dog. Yeah. That would have well, shut them up. I was very close to saying the second one because the dog <laughs> expressed his anal glands at some point during the examination, which oh. isn't completely like 
a dog shitting itself, but it smells wretched. And it's something that requires quite a bit of cleanup. And so I was just like, hey, if we want to play this game, I'll just let this dog hang out and walk around in the waiting room back and forth for another 15 minutes. So you get to smell a dog having expressed its anal glands for the next couple of hours. Meanwhile, I'll get to walk out of this front door and I'm only going to have to deal with it in my car and my house the rest of the day, which wasn't very good. What is expressing anal glands? Is that like a queef? What is that? It is... um, Without a dog shitting itself, it's a dog doing everything but shitting itself, including releasing a smell, a very rancid Delta Airlines flight from Atlanta to <laughs> San sort of smell. Oh. Very sour. Ew. So a fart or shart or something in between? Yeah. Maybe a dart. Dog, dog fart. Oh, he just shoots darts? Uh, all right. It's, you got to go, I think. Anal glands. I do. Just a few minutes early. Great show, BK. Talk to you tomorrow. You too. There goes Trey, and on comes Zay. Welcome to that, Zay. Yo, man. Of course, he leaves me with this. That's just (laughs) classic Trey, man. Just stories for where we at in society that are just more and more ridiculous, but... That's why we love him. But how are you, my guy? He's he's the opposite of the Irish goodbye, right? Like the Irish yeah. goodbye is you leave quietly and no one knows you're gone. Now, Trey makes sure his presence is absolutely felt by everybody before he leaves. Like he doesn't yell that he's leaving. He just says the most uncomfortable shit in the world and then walks out the door and leaves everybody else to stew on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold-blooded, man, but that's how he rolls. That's why we love the guy. That's, well, don't say we. I don't think I love the guy. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you love the guy, baby. I do, man. That's my man. Uh, that's my man. I'm good, man. What's uh, What y'all have coming up this afternoon? Uh, we got a jam-packed show, man. You know, definitely going over this Wyoming game and see if the Horns have gotten off that Steven Tyler high and have walked back into what's at stake. And that's not only a Big 12 championship, but putting yourself in contention for a college football playoff. They've knocked one big box, which, or big check off the box, and that's uh, Alabama, obviously. But can they continue it? Will we see a let up? And, you know, if I... What I'm thinking about this Texas team is true, that they got some dogs. This is a different team. This is a different vibe. Then I don't think they'll let up at all. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about that on this Wednesday, preparing for the game. Where are you at right now in terms of the Vegas line? Texas a four-touchdown favorite on Saturday. You just said it. You don't think this team's going to have that sort of meltdown type of game or the hangover type of game this weekend. But uh, in terms of Vegas, you think they can cover four touchdowns or you think maybe this one's a little bit interesting for a while? Uh, I think they can cover four touchdowns. You know, I've been looking at this Wyoming team a lot lately and their quarterback, you know, Andrew, um, what's his name? Andrew Peasley. Peasley. Yeah, that dude, not the best thrower. And you just faced a guy that wasn't the best thrower, but was way more athletic than this Peasley guy. And they're very similar. Peasley likes to run, but he does not have the athleticism nor speed that Jalen Milrow has. So I'm expecting a lot of turnovers. Like this is one of those rock, paper, scissor type games. If you're a cornerback slash safety on who's going to get the interception today. 
because mm-hmm. Peasley, he'll give it up to you. And I think this defense, man, they're as ferocious as advertised, and they're going to be all over that Wyoming offense. Well, I'm going to leave you gentlemen with this, you know, to try to pull a tray and put you in a tough spot, Zay. I heard you say on Monday that you think Andrew Peasley is a much better college quarterback than Tim Tebow. That's <laughs> that's what I heard. And with that, I'm going to leave it to Chip and Zay. Gentlemen, I'm excited to listen. Take it away.